in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. everybody welcome uh, to another live i would say episode of the top 10 show that we're doing here for our patrons initially on thursday they're getting a, a preview of the show and then later on this is the show that's going to drop on tuesday i'm one of your hosts the outlaw john roca joined by uh, I am Matt Nost, and uh, welcome everybody that is in the chat. This is something we do for our patrons at the $10 and above level over at uh, patreon.com forward slash the top 10. And this is like a all Patreon kind of show today. Yeah, yeah. We have people is. checking in. We've got a guest coming up, the winner of our golden ticket tournament, Mr. Colson Kuliopoulos. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, it's I think our Patreon and our patrons have gotten us through on some level the pandemic. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a long year, and to have all their positivity and chiming in and comments and supporting us over Patreon, but joining in on the Golden Ticket Tournament, and now with the live chat and all that jazz, it's a it's a it's a motivator, and we appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we're excited to uh, welcome on in just a few uh, seconds here the winner of the Golden Ticket uh, Tournament, the initial Golden Ticket Tournament, and thanks to all of you who are watching us live, ten dollar and above patrons getting a chance to see this thing a little bit early we will have your comments or read your comments at least uh if we can't bring them up on screen we can at least read them uh when we uh, go through our lists as well so you get to chime in and yell at us or support us or suggest other ones maybe by the end of the show for sure to to, to make your comments be heard for sure that's going to be fun and maybe we'll put the link in the chat the stream yard link for somebody to come in at the end uh and have your points of views or feelings uh, about our situation or about our lists. Yes. Yeah. Well, we did it last time for a coin flip. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It'll be interesting because it's been a while since we had a guest. So the three-man show, uh, how we're going to divvy up, who goes where, what. Because it's, you know, today we're doing scenes of the 70s. So it could yeah. end up being hypothetically 30 different scenes. Right, right. Uh, which so, is a lot. Yeah, which is a lot. <laughs> um. But I love it. I love it. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, should we bring him on now, or should we talk a little bit more about the '70s? What do you say? Should we bring him on now? <laughs> so, well, I say we go ahead and bring him on now because okay. he's definitely never experienced a moment of the '70s, <laughs> so we should get his perspective of what it was like to watch those movies in the theater. Let's do it. Let's do it. And shout out to Johanna, who's joining us here. Robert Carney hang, hanging out in the mod, making sure the chat is respectful of Philip Hunt, Matthew Simmons, Chris Cabrera, and Jay Goldeneyes. Uh, don't worry, Jay Golden. I've got, I've got my bongos, uh, but uh, if you, it's great that you're here. But eventually, if we need you, we may need you to come in. We shall see. But let's bring him in now. He, uh, Please, Matt, go ahead. The Golden Ticket was your, uh, was your baby, so please. Yeah, we did a huge Jeopardy style, an homage to Jeopardy here on the show. It was all trivia, and there were a couple killers in the tournament. Yeah. A couple people that after their first match, you're like, I, I we both had them pegged for this dude could win it um, or this gal could win it just depending on whomever it was. 
And Colson was one of those. It's just like, this is going to be, he's going to be a tough out for anybody. And ultimately he did. It didn't matter. He beat all comers. It was really yeah. impressive. But we also, like, as I mentioned before, we got to meet 60 some odd, 70 some odd people throughout the course of it. It was, you know, a whole lot of fun just yeah. to put faces to names that we've been uh, associating and calling out on the show for years now. So it was a lot of fun, but Colson is the overall big boy winner. Yeah. And uh, we should get him a sash and a belt and whatever else, you know? <laughs> I'm done with that. Uh, should we? Uh, well, please go ahead. Give him the drum roll, man. Oh, all right. Well, Jay Goldeneyes, do your mouth drum roll. We know you're doing it out there. Uh, coming to the show, first time appearance, uh, big time fan of movies in and of itself. And he suggested 70s uh, scenes of the 70s, and we were all for it. So please, your warmest of welcomes. To the golden ticket winner, Mr. Colson Cooleyopolis. There he is. Boom. Hey, What's up, Colson? How are you doing? Uh, all, all, <laughs> all the belts, all the records. No, uh, um, I, I, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm, I'm clearly 55. I lived through the whole uh, decade. Dude, you look great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lot of exfoliating of my skin. Clearly. Um, uh, yeah. I would say that in hair dye. That's what your hair looks like at 55. Oh, yeah. That's impressive. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm. Uh, I, I experienced all of it. Watergate. Other things that it's nice i love it I yeah. love one event <laughs> that proves your bona fides as far yeah. as i'm concerned this dude definitely lived the 70s he's bona fide uh what 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 made you choose this i mean because we you know you, you going through the whole tournament that what was on the line was you get to be a guest on the top 10 show and you get to pick your topic something that the boss hog level patrons get to do with the 50 dollars above picking one a month but you went through the whole gauntlet of the tournament did you know you were going to select uh the top 10 scenes from the 19s from films from the 1970s or did that kind of come along in your mind as you were getting closer and closer to the final yeah i mean uh i thought about a, a couple different topics um i ultimately settled on uh scenes of the 70s because uh, i love the movies of the 70s i always mm. have um my uh my two favorite films of all time are from the 70s, uh, American Graffiti and wow. uh, and uh, the Last Picture Show. Okay. Um, wow. So, yeah, um, I've always just been drawn to that decade. And, uh, I mean, you guys never really talk about uh, scenes, like individual scenes. That's true. Of true. movies. And I, I kind of wanted to do something that would allow for a little bit more conversation than just like, you know, here's 10 movies or what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, I think it'll definitely lead to it. And technically, you sent us just scenes of the 70s. So it could be the best or it could be your favorite. It could be <laughs> yeah. even worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, worse I went with, yeah. Yeah. Or worse. You could do anything you like. Right, uh, yeah. Right. yeah. Personally, I just went for my favorites. I didn't. They may mm -hmm. not be the best, but I was like, ah, yeah, this same, is open same. to interpretation. And we're probably going to have a lot, some overlap between the oh, three. Yeah. Guys. Let's hope so. Or else this, yeah. this is going to be a long ass show if we don't. That's for sure. Well, it could uh, be you have one scene from a movie and he has oh, yeah, the same, different, a different scene, scene yeah, yeah, from the I same movie. For sure, for sure. Uh, we got 15 of y'all watching us. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for, to all the patrons who are joining us. I see Francisco Ramirez Burgos in the chat. Lemke's up in here, uh, probably shooting off questions till his face comes off. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's so funny to see him be a part of this thing. But Colson, um, what is it about the 70s that speaks to you in terms of a decade of film? To me, it's arguably the greatest decade of film ever. But you're a, obviously, as Matt pointed out, you're you're a whippersnapper. You're a youngin. Uh, what is it? 
it that made you fall in love with 70s films? I know you've got those two favorites you mentioned, but I mean, the 70s, there's a lot that happened in the 70s. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm a huge like history buff um, on top of being okay. a fan of that decade. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't really... Um, so, like, my opinion on decades of movies is that they all kind of have things that make them great that separate them from the other decades. Like, mm-hmm. movies that are great in the 2010s could not have been released in the 2000s. You know, and they're great for reasons that are only because, like Mad Max Fury Road couldn't have come out in like 2009. Right, right. Oh, and um, for whatever reason, the, the the type of movies that were getting made in the 70s, um, I mean, they were auteur driven. They were, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of um, studios were taking risks on these like um, these people fresh out of film school. It was the first generation where yeah. you know, directors were coming straight out of. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Straight out of Compton. Uh, yeah. Um, two guys in the 90s. Right, and it right. was a while. Dr. Dre was a fantastic filmmaker in the 70s. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it's just sort of the um, the pacing. They're like very, um, we'll say deliberately paced. And uh, mm. I, I really, I really miss that in, in films, specifically in the 80s. Like films got way, um, quicker you yeah. know yeah yeah, yeah. cocaine, cocaine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all the drugs. It's, uh, we ain't got time for this shit we gotta go we gotta go you ready to right, right, this right. is gonna be the best movie you've ever fucking seen man i'm gonna do that right now right right yeah uh, i mean i love i love those cocaine fueled movies as much as the next guy i'm actually writing a, a mockumentary about 80s coked up um movies right now so oh wow okay but, that's great well i mean you know it's so funny because the 80s are what happened as a result of the seventies, yeah. right at the tail end of the seventies, yes. we started mm-hmm. seeing these more tentpole picture pictures like star Wars, like Superman, the movie, like jaws, these mm-hmm. films that were about big money budgets. And that's what kind of drew, moved us into the eighties where everything was about like trying to find the next big crowd pleasing spectacle film, uh, and then start having the conversations of appealing to the four quadrants, start yeah. having conversations about IP all of that started happening in the 80s, uh, mm-hmm. and I think we wanted to kind of break away from the dourness and the realism of the mm-hmm. 70s. Not that yeah. there weren't some stark films in the 80s, but certainly the 80s is a lot more lighter overall in terms of its approach to film <laughs> than the 70s, Matt. I mean, that was Reagan. And Reagan yeah, yeah. It was the true. 80s, and it was Good like, points. money, money, money. All this <laughs> movies can make a boatload of cash. We should make more movies that make a boatload of cash. <laughs> and that was it just fit beautifully into the 80s. Everything Absolutely. was, you know, we were sick of Carter and his, we need to stay home. I wasn't alive for that. But right. just the positivity thereafter yeah. of Reagan coming in being like, guys, <laughs> guys, we're America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a malaise speech that Carter gave. Exactly, from the yeah. Rose Garden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. wearing a, I believe, a, a sweater, and everybody was like, "That's not what I want my president." Yeah, to look like. it's like when Obama was wearing a um, a bike helmet that one time, and everyone went crazy. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know? Yeah, anything, anything that doesn't make him look pure machismo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like look at look at Vladimir Putin with his like biceps. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's bullshit. Dude, I'm not yeah. touching that. I'm not touching that. Go Dukakis ahead. lost <laughs> because he was in a tank, and the helmet looked like Mickey Mouse ears on the side of his head. He lost. Yeah, because yeah. It that's made him exactly look why he lost. Yep. Uh, Nixon lost the election to Kennedy because of there was yep. sweating on his upper yeah. lip. Yeah, well, please. Also, Kennedy's easy on the eyes if television is a True. new medium. Right. Yeah. 
but it was close. It was. I think you only won by it was, like it was one or two percent yeah. of the vote. It was not a. It was not a like a well, blowout. They said if you listened to it, Nixon crushed him. But if yeah. you watched it, it wasn't even close. Right. Well, it's like uh, John John Kerry hanging off that uh, windsurfing. And he's like, nope, no thanks. You're out. You're out. It happens. Yeah. It happens. Howard Dean. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> went. Nah, I'm not voting for that guy. Nowadays, that wouldn't be anything. Uh, uh, who it is. <laughs> I guess true. Good point. Uh, Philip Hudson here, Ed Bus, Kirk Matthew Simmons. Thank you all so much for joining us as we jump into this topic. Top 10 scenes from films of the 1970s. So it's mm. going to be a lot of breakdown. Matt and I, you, you know, you all know how we usually do the show, throwing in a third person, which has been a while since yep. we've had a third person on the show. And I don't know if we've done it in COVID times yet. So this will be our first time mm. trying to do it in COVID times, Matt. So this should be interesting for sure. Uh, yeah, but I think it will pull it off beautifully. Yeah. All right. So because it's been a while, the way it works, instead of three, we do our bottom five. So yes. you got it in your bottom five. Then we talk about it now. Otherwise, we punt to the top five, and then we trade one apiece once we're up there. So, right. so long as we're all on the same page, that's half the rules. So <laughs> once we have revealed all three of our personal top ten lists, we create the shows between the three of us. Yeah, and, and here's the deal: if you have a scene from a film that is uh, in the top five here in the bottom five, and someone else has it in their top five, the film itself, then we punt to when the film yeah. gets discussed. So that's how okay. we're going to do it for sure. Yeah, and. I would vote we do it by, if I have one scene, if you have the movie in your top five, why don't we just save both scenes to the discussion of the movie? That's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. We, go, yeah. we, we punt it to where the movie, whoever has the movie highest yeah. on their list, that's where we're punting to. In terms Makes of sense that. to me. Yeah. Um, real quick, I, I actually did it because um, there was so many choices. I, I, I made a painful choice of limiting um, it like one per director. So, okay. um, wow. so, so, so okay. there might be a couple of films that would be on my top 10, but I kind of want to just like to spread the, yeah, I, I, I did not do thing. that. I did not do that. So fuck you both. I, I was like, I went with what I, I want to do. And so that's what I went with. Yeah. So, but I respect that approach to it for sure. Um, but well, I couldn't resist putting more than one. For there's sure. two of us. So we won and you're wrong. You know what I mean? That's how <laughs> democracy works. I guess so, so. Enjoy being wrong. Anyway, Colson, you're looking sharp today. Oh, very uh, handsome! Yeah, thank you. I mean, uh, Roko, Roko over there with his uh, Marty McFly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's cold. I, I'm sorry, I can't dress like I walked out of a Target, Colson. I just, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's cold in here because uh, of all the hail and stuff. That's <laughs> like that vest isn't sold at fucking Target. How dare you? It isn't. It isn't. Well, that but, specific uh, one, but variations. I'm pretty sure they got. I'm sure they got variations of everything at Target. For God's yeah. sake. Uh, but anyway, no, it's just cold here with the, with the, we don't turn the heat on during the day to kind of sh- save on money. Uh, and it was hailing yesterday. Wow. So it's been cold and rainy here in San Diego. So pretty, pretty, pretty cold, cold in San out. Diego. Jeez. It is. It is. You really, know. Honestly, look, we yeah, both yeah. used to live in cold weather. Yeah. Trust me. Once you live in warm weather for a long enough time, you got yeah. thin skin. You yeah. just do. Cold it happens. Yeah. Keep your judgment to yourself. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, four distinct seasons over here, so I wouldn't yeah. want it the other yeah. way. Although, when we both go visit cold, it's like when you mentally know going into it, oh, it's going to be cold. It's like, fine, I have zero problem with that. But when you're used to 70-ish or 68 this time of year, and suddenly it's 48, you're like, it's kind of cold out. Yeah, right, yeah. It's like running uh, two miles 
And you know you're going to run two miles. You get tired at the end of two miles. But if you know it's eight, you're going to conserve yourself till you get tired at the end of eight miles. That's the way it goes. Sure. Uh, and I anyway. like us explaining why we're pussies. Anyway. Ready to yeah. start and this? I like wearing a vest, so fuck you. I get to wear what I want. <laughs> hey, I got All a right. thin hoodie on. You know, it's chilly. Right. This has been the top 10 uh, uh, snowstorms of the of the 70s. <laughs> oh, are you right. kidding me? We we had lightning at our house two nights ago, and it, yeah. it put a smile on my face. It's like, I lightning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I made it it lightning. It doesn't happen here. <laughs> it rains. The door. Wow. Jeez. Just so we get some rain in here, man. Mm. I made her open the uh, the glass door in the living room so I could hear the sounds of raindrops because you uh, rarely get it in California. Yeah, you can hear it christmas day on our roof so it's great it's like oh yeah. this is nice look at that weather huh it, it does anyways, make it more special when it only happens like once exactly a year. it does <laughs> true. Yeah. true where are you at again calls you in boston is that where you're at? yeah i'm in boston yeah. oh okay yeah. yeah it definitely gets cold there i've been there uh all right anyway uh should colson start matt or how, how do we do this normally i forget it's been a while since uh, three. we are uh goes me then john then colson okay. in the past that's, that's the way we've done it all right let's do it uh all right. You already told him how the show works, so let's kick it off, my friend. All right. So once again, we're dancing around. I tried to just include all kinds of different stuff. So yeah. uh, my 10 is Young Frankenstein. Does anybody have that? I do not have Young Frankenstein, no. Okay. Uh, I could have chosen any number of scenes. Definitely. I kind of like the continuing Igor hump thing. As it's, <laughs> but that's not one scene so right. the introduction where he's like frankenstein like he questions on him like are you sure about that and then he's like oh what's your name igor that's not what i was told and be like <laughs> well it looks like you heard wrong uh mocking him back to his face but then that's where they they start the hump thing there's a ton of small scenes but i just love that that one sets up jokes that come later on yeah yeah uh, it's it, i don't know the the movie as a whole is fun. you could put, do the putting on the ritz is the most yeah. iconic of yeah. scenes yeah uh, but I like the Gene Hackman is the blind priest cigars. I, I, I would have picked Gene Hackman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as far as the scenes in that go. I just want like more this. main cast members rather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also the scene where uh, uh, Frankenstein and Madeline Kahn are getting it on in the, in the grass uh-huh. there. In mm-hmm. the hay and she says, you know, where are you going? Oh, that's just like all the rest. Five or six quick ones. And you're off yeah. with the boys. Well, you better keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. Singing. Yeah, Chlor- Chloris Chloris Leachman like cracks me oh, yeah. up. No. In that oh my god, I I don't know why I always laugh when she's like talking about Ovaltine. Like <laughs> it's like some Ovaltine, perhaps like, the horses whinnying every time she's close. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I like Moose, her. Yeah, who's got a million great small little scenes? Her face uh, when she's hurt every time. He goes, "No, <laughs> thank you." She's like, <laughs> "Yeah." Clarice Clor- Leachman, like, like, first of all, rest in peace because she yeah. died this year. But like, also, like, great dramatic actress too. If oh, you've yeah. really seen her like early stuff, like, yeah, last picture yeah. show, what have you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, last picture show. I mean, she's phenomenal in that. Definitely. All right, Matt, what's your number nine, brother? Uh, my number nine is uh, pumping iron when. <laughs> Schwarzenegger is sitting oh my God. at breakfast with Lou Ferrigno and his dad, and he he's just and the mom, and he's talking shit to all three because they kind of yeah. they were like joking, talking shit, and then by the end of it, his dad is helping Arnold talk shit to Lou. Yeah. Right. It is a masterclass in this weird alpha male world. All these guys that tiptoe around Arnold is fucking bananas oh, to watch. Man. That scene to me is I I love it. I think I, I love that pick. Like in general, that's yeah. like I never would have thought of putting pumping iron on this oh. list. 
Well, that's why I danced around. It's like, oh, you know, yeah. a little this, a little that, because I know we're going to get to the more serious, so might as well right. have some fun. Yeah. But that seems that, that, that scene where he's talking about like how whenever he goes to the gym he's like always coming like when he's lifting weights mm-hmm. like just completely like I'm coming what at the gym I'm coming at home I'm coming everywhere and you're like this fucking guy oh my god yeah. <laughs> this guy I love it he's like I'm you know I work on the posing two weeks out and then I got it perfect no one's <laughs> going to beat me I called my mom yesterday I told her I already won <laughs> you ever uh, you ever just think about Schwarzenegger and how like um. Everything he 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 did um, it sounds like a, a cartoon character, like what they would do. Like he's like, oh, oh well, like, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I conquered. Uh, I'm the strongest man in the world, and now uh, what I'll do is I will be the world's biggest movie star. Yeah, oh, I yeah. did that. Now I'm gonna run for public office. Oh, I did that, and then it's just like every yeah. just like everything he set out to do. Yeah, now he, I'm gonna sleep with my maid. And have illegitimate child. Yeah, he did all of it. He did all. He everything, ran. Oh, everything one man can do, he did. And he's a yeah. he ran the gamut. That's Austria. Sure. It's crazy. Exactly. He's lived one of the more interesting lives. That's for damn sure. And still an icon, kind mm-hmm. of survived a dip in his popularity, mm-hmm. became governor, as you said there, Colson. Then after that, tried to come back a little bit. But now he's kind of firmly planted where he is as Arnold Schwarzenegger, and people still revere and admire him and enjoy mm-hmm. him on social media. He uses TikTok, he uses uh, Instagram, he uses Twitter really well. So yeah, you got to give him props for that for sure. Um, all, right. all right, so what's that number? was my nine. Yeah, what's your eight? My eight is uh, World of Pure Imagination, Willy Wonka. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. I thought about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, all you. Yeah. Can once again choose numerous scenes from that, yeah. but that whole song and Gene Wilder just cements the magic that they intone throughout. I, I think it's it's the perfect encapsulation of everything about that movie. You know, yes, there is wonder, but there's also danger, and it's it's a nice glimpse into what the rest of the movie is going to be. Right. I don't know. It just sets a beautiful tone, and so done so wonderfully and and artfully by Gene Wilder that. This guy, it's amazing the amount of work that he put out in a short amount of time in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about that scene, and I also thought about um, his introduction scene, which yeah. I think is arguably the greatest, one of the two greatest character introductions of all time, up with um, Omar Sharif and uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Uh, I, I, I just think that like he, he um, his stipulation for doing the movie was to put that scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gene Wilder because it's just like such a great way to introduce that character. Yeah, you can't um, yeah. trust him for moment one. Like, yeah. what's the truth and what's a lie? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the thing is uh, that that I, I'm not the biggest fan of that movie, but that scene, the song, the way he sings it, it is both uh, touching, heartfelt, and tragic at the same time. And when mm-hmm. you're listening to it, it's so well done because it is, you know, kind of a lost innocence, a lost childhood mm-hmm. that he's singing about and making you remember about it. And then, of course, everything that's happening around that song in this film is uh, definitely about like uh, about childhood that's gone wrong for the most part. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Grandpa Joe being a lazy ass, that's for sure, for all of this as well. Oh, my God, yeah. Grandpa Joe is completely – he's the no. villain of the movie. Isn't he's, that? Useless. he's useless. Speaking, yeah. speaking of Coke, <laughs> someone noticed that he has the Coke straw pinky where you grow oh, your okay. pinky nail out longer so you can take dabs of Coke to mm-hmm. snort it. Oh, 
my it just God. has that one long and they're like in that time there's only kind of one reason you did that yeah uh yeah. Like, there you go there it's, you go. it's really it's, I, uh i saw him or we're uh i'm i'm in this class um i'm doing finishing up my last semester of film school and uh we're i'm doing this class on norman lear right now and oh, yeah. uh we were watching this clip from the, um, this show, um, Chi, Chi, uh, Chico and the Man or oh, something. Chico and the Man, yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. 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 And it's like, like is that, pretty yeah, and I'm like, is that yeah. Grandpa Joe? And yeah. it was like they had to get their yeah. start somewhere, you know? Yeah, I know. It's just, it was bizarre to like see, it's, it's like seeing like um, the guy that played like the Cowardly Lion in a movie or, you know, it's like, it's just like a piece of my childhood, but he's like doing something different. It was like really weird. Yeah, yeah. That's how, that's how I got to know him. Really? First, yeah. Because I didn't see the movie until much, much later in life, and I saw him on that. Because also, Scatman Crothers is in Chico and the Man as well. Oh my God! Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's, it's a it's a it's, it's a damn good show. Colson, hmm. it's impressive as a fifty five year old that you didn't see Chico <laughs> and the Man when it was out. Yeah. You know, because there's only three stations. <laughs> So yeah, I, I, was, uh, I, I was fighting in the in Nam at, uh, at the time. We oh. didn't get TV. Well, by the way, good oh, for you for going oh, back to hi. school. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm getting my education again. Yeah, it's smart. You know, you can get it at any time. Good for you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, Where are we on? All right. Today? So that was my eight. Yep. Uh, my seven is uh, Monty Python. Tis but a scratch. Uh, Holy Grail. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's uh. That's my number six, but a different scene. So I guess we can talk about it. Is yeah. it on your list? Uh, I'm not a big Monty Python fan, to uh, be get honest. Get the fuck off the show. Get the <laughs> fuck off the show. Man. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not for everyone. It's definitely not for me. But it's wow. Fine. How many wow. of you have you seen? Uh, I've seen um, Holy seen Grail the- and um, The Meaning of Life. Okay. Um, in as a guy that likes history, in I think you might like Life of Brian the most. Yeah, I might, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. great, basically, Israeli-Palestinian discussion in the middle of the movie where they use oh, different maybe. religious sects there. And yeah. it translates across all year like, man, we've been having the same conversation in See, different form. My problem with, with uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail is that I knew the entire movie before I saw the movie. Yeah. Oh. So it's like it's like okay, you know. So all the parts everyone else was surprised by, I was like, oh yeah, well, there's that part. Yeah, yeah, it'll well, do that. I don't really blame them. I blame you. You know, I certainly as soon as you heard one scene, Colson, you should have run and rented it and watched it. But you waited too long, heard all the scenes from all your friends, and it ruined it for you. So you have no one else to blame but yourself. For That's God's fair. Sake. That's this fair. is you know this is such a great uh, film, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I put the constitutional peasant scene. That's my favorite scene. See, great the, scene. Right? The conversation about what constitutes an actual uh, <laughs> a government system and the autonomous collective argument versus the king yeah. and then making fun of Excalibur and this like cherished legendary part of English history I thought was genius. And then having him grab him at the end, trying to tell him to shut up. He's like, come see the violent inherent in the system of being repressed. Help, help. Which we're seeing nowadays all the time. No, it's never, it's always. Yeah, it it's always mm. been. They do that quite a bit. I love bring out your dead. And like, this one's a king. How do you know? He's not covered in shit. <laughs> and John, apparently that John was the only so. ad-lib line in the entire script. Oh, is it really? Oh, yeah, wow. I believe so. Uh, yeah. Only, yeah, by Eric Idle. I think I'm pretty yeah. you know, yeah. I've read that once. Uh, yeah, John, yeah, yeah, John Cleese is the best part of that movie. Like, I think, like, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, he's got so many great small parts. I just that yeah. was the first one I wrote down. I was like, I don't really care because I just this movie's got a million, just like Young yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean the tis but a scratch. Well, no, we'll call it a draw after at the end when he's losing or lost all four limbs. We'll call it a draw. Look at you running away, running away. Oh, it's fucking great. I'll bite your knees off. Yeah, exactly. Ah, when he's kicking him, when he's lost both of his arms. What do you do? I'll cut off one of your legs. Eh, it just continues. Oh, it's yeah. The absurdity in the midst of all this, where they're having political, political and historical discussions. That's uh, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Someone said, oh, yeah. Michael D. Dyke says, you can call me Tim. Yeah. Yeah. See, I remember yeah. when I first heard that joke, I laughed really hard at it, but I heard someone else tell it. <laughs> you know? So it's like all these things. Like, I, I remember finding the what is your favorite color scene really funny when my friend showed it to me, um, like when I was like, like 10, you know, and yeah. then I saw the movie eventually and I'm like, oh, you know, so it, it was just kind of like um, all the parts that like weren't the parts that everyone like highlighted for me were not that funny. So I kind of just like, you know, but, uh, I'm probably like life of Brian more. If I check that out. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. A couple of comments. Chris Lemke said life of Brian is low key. My favorite wrote a paper in college about what the, about what the Roman empire has done for us scene. Uh, and then ends of the earth says, uh, one of our church pastors thought it would be a good idea for us to watch the life of Brian during youth group with our parents in the room. They were soon let go. Well, that's not a that's not a yeah. lie. Making you question religion there <laughs> in the middle of a child indoctrination. Right, exactly. Don't make mess so, with the indoctrination. Yeah, I well, I look. I went to see, I went to CCD every week. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, did yeah. that for years on end. Oh, I can't yeah. even imagine watching Life of Brian. It's like it's like showing like Jaws at like a scuba class. It's like right. Yeah, yeah, the dangers of you would. Yeah, it's like yeah. Here's what'll happen if you if you do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, thankfully, uh, Veggie Tales came long after I was finished. I'm sure they watch. They forced kids to watch Veggie Tales nonstop. Uh, God help us all. Uh, all right, what's your next one, Matt? Uh, my six yeah. and final of the bottom five is from Alien. Ooh, uh, I, yes. it was close. It's my like eleven. I was. It was okay. like fighting for my last slot yeah that, that's in my eighth slot what what scene from alien for you i think it's the same one possibly oh, no. uh, i chose the chest burster yeah that's the one i chose as well yeah yeah, yeah. just because when you watch it now knowing that they didn't tell the actors beforehand that this was actually going to happen so the look of shock mm-hmm. and horror on their face is genuine it's yeah. a great little moment of uh great choice on on directing but then to see all these people kind of locked into who they were on set mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it translates across i mean the movie as a whole is just pitch perfect yeah um, yeah yeah it was, it was really hard to delete that off like my uh my like it, it was it was fighting for like i think the 10th slot with like nine other things um mm-hmm. but yeah i know like it's um it's a masterpiece of a movie it's it's basically like you know it's jaws in space as everyone keeps saying mm-hmm. um yeah well, just the way it starts too because you're lulled into a sense of False sense of security, inter- mm-hmm. but like also that dread never leaves you because of how this all happened. And you're like, wait, he's fine now. How can he be fine? Everyone, and you know, and that's it's. There's so much symbolism in that scene where something bad happens, and everyone's just kind of, oh, he's fine now, and they're just gonna let's just go on with life. Let's just keep eating our food mm-hmm. and not really address uh, exploring more what happened here. Let's just ignore it. And then it is until he starts to spit out the spaghetti, and then all that shit starts to happen. 
that is just like they, they really get uh, uh, woken up to what's actually going to be happening mm. to them through this whole thing. And they're too shocked to kill that thing. And Veronica Cartwright steals it when she's like crying. Oh, God. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Yeah, that sticks in my in my head, too. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, I also love how um like um sh- like shitty that movie looks like because compared to like 2001 mm-hmm. and like then Star Wars after that and then Alien and 79 like space is starting to look like it's pe- like people live there. Yeah, it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, I mean people have like, you know, mugs of coffee next to like, you know, circuit boards. <laughs> <I'm-> it's like yeah. <laughs> You're out there for years. It makes yeah, more yeah. sense as opposed to this clinical pristine kind of situation if we yeah. do in fact live in space yeah i mean there's for some reason in the belly of the ship there are hanging chains and water dripping off yeah. the pipes like <laughs> but i didn't yeah. care i was like yeah. this i don't know it feels lived it feels real right yeah right and uh, like they, they think that they're not going to get murdered when there's like dripping water and chains everywhere it's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. Um, Robert Carney says the scene in the air duct with the xenomorph scared the living crap out of me the first time watching. Oh, you, oh, you mean the happy birthday scene? <laughs> like, ah! I call that the happy yeah. birthday scene. It's like ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, to me, it was the cur. It was the leg uncurling behind. Oh, yeah. Ya- I think it was Yafet Koto or Harry Dean Stanton just Harry uncurling. Stanton, yeah. yeah, and then uh, that was just like so slow, and you're just like, oh my god. So that 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 scene's even scarier in the um the like the extended cut of that movie because mm. there's like multiple shots where Harry Dean Stanton's just like walking around and you see the the xenomorph like hanging from the chains and they don't like draw attention to it too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's I like that. Lemke says it's a, such a great flick and sadly a parable for 2020. If we had just listened to the people and followed protocol, maybe we wouldn't all be in this mess. That's fair. That might be fair. Um, all also, right. like you know, it's the the company's the bad guy in the Alien franchise. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have specific motivations. It's easy to make a nebulous, faceless organization. Yeah, yeah. The villain in this it's an instance that turns us into pawns for what they need to make their money. That's for sure. Yep. Um, all right, that was Matt's uh, ten through six. Correct. So I guess we're jumping into mine. Uh, my number ten is walking in De Niro in the deer hunter doing the Russian roulette scene. Okay, that's, that's a punt. Yeah. Oh, it's a punt. <laughs> oh, in your top five. All right. Respect. Oh wait. Um, six through wait. ten we talk about now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a. It's um my number six. All right. Okay. We, we explained the rules when we started, Colson. Try to. Keep okay. Up. All right. I, I thought it was higher <laughs> on my list. Sorry about that. No worries. So it's number six on yours, Matt. Is it on your list at all or no? No, it is not. Okay. All right. Uh, I actually rewatched some of this uh, uh, movie in preparation for our show today. I, I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, and just watching this scene, we're not talking about the second one. The second one is a tragic and certainly kind of what it leads to. But that scene when they're, uh, they're, they're prisoners of war and they're in that camp and they're sitting there in the water or I'm sorry, in the water, yeah, in the water on that barge or whatever. And just the tension and the like, up to 11 type of stuff that's going on there the slapping of the faces that you know it's the 70s so they're really slapping de niro and de niro looks like he's going to jump on top of this vietnamese actor and just kill him and walk and get slapped the acting on it is extraordinary and you are you can't help be caught up uh in what's happening and then the end of that scene uh which i'm not going to ruin if anybody hasn't seen it that is stellar absolutely phenomenal and you get a little bit of satisfaction from that as well but what a scene, dude. Like, just seriously, a high wire above broken glass and barbed wire. Uh, what'd mm. you think there, Colson? 
I mean, it's um, one of the greatest scenes ever filmed in American history. It's just phenomenal. I mean, we never, we've never seen Christopher Walken uh, quite like that um, yeah. you know, since. I mean, it's uh, completely uh, uh, insane to like to think of where his career has gone. Like since then, I mean, yeah. I mean, he'll, occasionally he'll pop up in something kind of dramatic, but he, he never like got to like that level of drama before. I think he can do it. It's sure. it, you know. Mm-hmm. If he wanted to, I just don't think it's like where he wants his career to go necessarily. Mm. But um, I don't know. It's uh, Michael Camino. Like I, I sometimes feel bad for the dude, and other times I don't because <laughs> um, you know, uh, reports are on Heaven's Gate. He like waited hours for a cloud to go by or some shit, and it's like you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I he he clearly had more movies of that caliber in him. Yeah. I just don't. Uh, you know, he, I mean, he, I don't know if he quite deserves like immediate career ruining, like, um, just like he basically like ended an entire decade of, of films, but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Escape. But, but, uh, but they were looking for a reason. Yeah. That, oh, that's also true. Yeah. And there was a lot of other movies like that at the time that were also yeah. people were ready to, you know, they were ready for the age. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it was going to happen anyway. Yeah, someone was going to have to take the fall for it that they were going to yeah. look at. And yeah. uh, Chimino just happened to be the guy they went after. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, like the movie itself, I mean, I, I can't think of another movie that has like a 30 plus minute wedding sequence at the front. That, I said yeah. The Godfather. <laughs> That's just, exactly The Godfather. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Then like have that, like the pacing not be like totally destroyed. But um, Matt, what's your feelings on that one? Um. I mean, I love that scene. I just don't go back to rewatch the deer. Like I've seen the deer hunter. I yeah. enjoyed it. I think the wedding, if personally, if we started after that, I'd be totally fine with that. Ah, okay, uh, fair. Totally because the dynamic of the friends kind of carries throughout. But I think you would get that regardless if they maybe they just went on a hunting trip and then then now you see them get thrust into war type of thing. But who the fuck am I? <laughs> well, so you know yeah, you've analyzed yeah, yeah, yeah but it's like i'm not denigrating the movie it's just no, there no. Are others from the 70s i wrote it down i was like it's a hell of a scene it it's is. on my list but it ultimately is like I-, I will gladly go back and since we didn't say the best scenes of the 70s it's just right. scenes of i was like I- I- i'm gonna choose this one okay uh all right then my number nine is uh the opening of Patton. That's that's, i thought about it that's a punt yeah. that is that's cool. in your top five that's a punt okay, nice. okay. all right want to make sure all right, so then my number eight, as I mentioned with Matt, was uh, the John Hurt scene in Aliens. Uh, mm-hmm. And so then my number seven is Star Wars A New Hope, Obi-Wan's death scene. Not okay. not the shooting of the thing, Obi-Wan's death scene. Punch. So I, I have okay. a different scene. Yeah, so punch. punch. I'm just but telling you now, punch. Okay, sounds yeah. good. All right, so then my number six we've already talked about was the constitutional peasant, Holly Grail. So we're off to Colson now. What's your number 10, bud? Um, my, my number 10 is weird. Uh <laughs> Okay. So I was between a lot of different things, but I wanted to put some John Carpenter on here because he's one of my favorite fair uh, mm-hmm. directors. So um, uh, I have the uh, opening credit sequence of Assault on Precinct 13. Okay. Um, oh, which is something that I like watch um, all the time. It like it pumps me up. It's um, amazing. Uh, it's just like his synth music, like John Carpenter's. Mm. Um, yeah like just distinct like minimalist like score and like the the letters are just like the 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 font is great it's like it's just like blood red font and then like john carpenter's badass soundtrack 
and it like comes directly after like a, um, this scene of um, you know uh, um, racial violence in in, in the in, in Los Angeles, and it's shot like the the opening scene is a, it's shot totally different than the rest of the movie. It's like way more handheld, and um, I don't know. I um, I really. I, I keep thinking that John Carpenter, although people talk about him a lot uh, nowadays, is is kind of strangely underrated as for all mm. the the um, contributions that he's, he's done. I mean, I can't think of many other directors in the the horror genre that have like so many different films that people consider classics and masterpieces. I mean, mm-hmm. like people like talk about Wes Craven, but like I mean. Carpenter's got, I mean, The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, it's so I just had to like put him on here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's a great choice. I, yeah. Yeah. I wish The Thing was in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, if The Thing was in the 70s, like Jesus. Like, yeah. I watched a yeah. 20 minute video of these cinematographers and filmmakers trying to recreate the opening uh, thing slate mm-hmm. using the yeah. same techniques, not using digital or anything like that. You're trying to replicate mm-hmm. the same techniques for it was like a 20 minute video. It was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like a thing that would take like thirty seconds to do today on like yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah, Photoshop. taking the time to make. Yeah, yeah they, it's yeah. it's like uh, the, the craftsmanship that goes into the dumbest of things that pass by on screen for seven seconds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, funny thing about the thing though is that the my the worst shot in that movie is the first shot. Well, it's like <laughs> it's like the spaceship is going by. I I yeah. wish I really wish they didn't have that in the movie because it, it like okay. tells you that it's an alien before like what you take that scene out it's like what the hell's going on why are they shooting at this dog right you no know? yeah yeah that's the only that's the only flaw i have with that entire movie fair but, enough fair enough uh all right so that's your number 10 what's your number nine um my number nine is um the ending of uh being there the hal ashby oh okay, okay. all right nice choice peter sellers yeah, so I mean, this movie's great. <laughs> um, it's you could never in a million years make this movie today, um, oh, yeah. for a, for so many different reasons. But I mean, uh, Peter Sellers, um, just national treasure. Um, you know, Doctor Strangelove, obviously. But I, I honestly like this performance maybe even more than Doctor Strangelove. Um, <laughs> but so like the the scene, I don't even know if I want to talk about it because it's spoiling. Oh. This, great underrated movie but i guess i kind of have to because i can you do a non-spoiler yeah yeah Yeah. um it's it's a it's a scene that is so it's an ending that's so surprising like never in a million years would you think that the movie leading up to that point would end that way it's sort of like in equal parts mary poppins and um like a Shyamalan twist (laughs) you know it's it's like magical realism in this movie that up to that point had absolutely nothing um, to do with, with that sort of um, filmmaking. I just, mm-hmm. And Roger Ebert t- taught a, a class on this movie um, and um, he, he specifically focused on the ending and uh, he said, he basically paused and said, okay, people in the audience explain to me what's going on with this ending. Like, what's your interpretation and then every every person in the class that um, that tried to like explain away what was happening, like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe he's standing on something, maybe something different's going. He's like, no, you can't say that. Like the <laughs> director made a choice. Yeah. He's showing you something. You you need to 
grapple with it. You need to come to terms with what's being shown. You can't try to like explain logically what's happening. Um, yeah, I just, it, it really like, it's a great movie, but that ending kind of like puts it up a few notches for me. Okay. Yeah. I have not seen it. So, oh. yeah, I haven't seen it either. It's one of those ones that I've just kind of never found myself in the mood to revisit, mm-hmm. but maybe after this show, I've got a couple hours between my other show. Maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. It's one that it constantly comes back. Uh, and Steve Morris, my co-host on the Cinephiles, he mentions it all the time. So uh, mm-hmm. maybe that's a possibility for sure. That's a great choice. I'm sure because a lot of people love that movie and revere that movie. Certainly people in the chat, uh, Philip Hunt says being there is brilliant. So there you mm-hmm. go. Um, all right, what number was that for you? Nine or eight? That was nine. Okay, what's your eight, bud? My eight is uh, Jaws, uh, the Indianapolis. That's uh, a punt. That's a punt. That's a punt. Yes, I, thought, I thought that'd be a punt. All right, what's your seven? Um, my seven is Apocalypse Now. That's uh, a punt. Yeah, it so doesn't matter. That's a punt. You, I could have told you that before we started. <laughs> the, ride, <laughs> the ride of the Valkyries. Doesn't matter. It's a punt because we're talking we're about, talk about it later. Yeah. Look. And six deer hunter. So okay. Okay. So oh, we've got deer hunter. Up five. Okay. All right. Uh, we jump back to Matt Nost. Going to our five through one. What do you got, man? Um, and then this works the same way as always, Colson. So if I bring it up at five and you got a two, tell me to punt. Mm-hmm. But if it's at four, we're talking about it more than likely okay. now. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um. So at five, uh, network. Did that's, anybody else choose? That's a punt. That's a punt. Ooh, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, John. What do you got at five? Uh, I have, uh, the Jaws scene. So is that a punt? That is still a punt. Okay. Still a punt. Sounds good. All right. What do you have at five, Colson? Um, I have, hold on, blow up. Try, try to stay I don't have my list memorized. Okay. I don't do this for a while. Neither do I. Do it, I have my notes open. Dude. It's typed up <laughs> in front have, of me. I have it right here. Is it a term of phone? Uh, no, my number five is the last picture show. Um, right. okay. it's, um, uh, Sam's uh, Ben Johnson's monologue in the last picture show. Um, so this is yeah. If either of you you've seen this movie, right? No. Yeah, yeah. Last picture. Uh, okay. I've seen like half of it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's uh my second favorite film of all time. I had to pick yeah. it uh for something. I didn't pick American Graffiti. <laughs> <A> little <laughs> ringing endorsement. <laughs> I had to pick it. It was mm, guys. Okay. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me, let me back up on that. The, um, <laughs> no, like the, it's, it's interesting. Cause like the entire movie is sort of a, a, a progressive scene. Like every scene of that movie to me is, is great. Like it's um, beautiful scene after beautiful scene. Some sure, of them yeah. are really depressing, uh, but most of it is just kind of like, weighs on you and then the this monologue is is like kind of the oasis throughout this like um throughout this like the movie is very um like lonely and like it kind of like the whole thing kind of like swallows you in this like this atmosphere of like this is like this ghost town that's like way past its 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 prime and then this one monologue in, in in the middle um but like it's it's it the the whole movie kind of centers around this this um speech from this character he's the guy that that runs the 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 picture show mm-hmm. and that they're slowly pushing on on him as he's uh taking like the main characters to this uh to this beach and um yeah uh and he's he's, he's saying things like you know he's talking about how he used to own the land there mm-hmm. and uh it's something that you weren't aware of before that scene he's like talk saying like how he used to how um you know after his uh his his um 
his kids died and after his uh his first wife went went crazy uh he he basically he, he like went to that land with this with this girl that that he was um involved with and it's like this really like beautiful like moment amidst this uh, like amongst this like mostly depressing kind of movie but okay. um it's like this it's like the one kind of ray of, of like hope in the film and then at the end he's like and like the 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 main character asks him, you know, like what, what happened to the, to the woman? He's like, Oh, well she was married the whole time. So she went off and did something else. And you find out that it's a character in the rest of the, like the film that, that, you know, and like you never in a million years would think these two characters were related. And it's, it kind of goes into the, like how everyone's emotionally just kind of repressed in this Mm -hmm. town. And like these things will happen that, really mean a lot to people like characters will die in this film. And then people will just kind of like talk about it. Like it's town gossip and, you know, right. like, and the main character is like breaking down because he's like, he's clearly really emotional and like trying to like deal with like the tone of this town is like things happen. You got to kind of deal with it. Mm-hmm. And, um, Cloris Leachman's character throughout the whole thing too. I mean, she's just on the brink of like tears, like the whole movie. <laughs> And so, like, you know, like, the, the ending is also was a contender for me. Just, like, one of the most, like, gorgeous endings to a movie I've ever seen. Um, yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That was your five. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on that matter? Should we move on? No, I just everything he explained is what I saw when I was younger. And yeah. the emotion that carries with me is sad. And I didn't like yeah. it when I was watching it because I just wasn't the right age. So yeah. I've yeah. never gone back to rewatch it because in my head, it's just sad. It is very sad. Yeah, and I, You're not wrong. Just sad. It's just, just sad. I was like 15 or 16 when I saw it, and I was like, "No, Ooh, yeah, this is not what crazy. I want to see right now." Well, I mean, like I, I lived through like the fall of those ghost towns being 55. Like I saw, like <laughs> I saw the transition, you know, firsthand. So that's why it really uh, resonates with me. That's right. Uh, all right. Anyway, Matt, yeah, that's why you board? didn't have a TV and you couldn't see Chico and the man, you know, <laughs> just this depressed economic it's zone that you were living yeah, in at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's your four, brother? Oh, uh, my four is. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, no uh, it goes, Matt, to me, Matt. Matt. It goes to Matt. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, uh, one Can that we... nobody's going to have uh, the jerk. Yeah, that's all you. No. Yep, I don't. Know uh, dude, heard the cans thing. The cans. <laughs> it's the it's the most encapsulated. It's long sure. enough to where it's a full scene. <laughs> yeah, it's not just one joke that I love yeah. uh, in the midst of. I they I don't know because absurdist like that. A lot of Steve Martin on that level does not work for me at all. Yeah, but that movie just sings. I think he just I don't know. You got the perfect amount of stupid. Yeah. Where you can see the intelligence of how much time they had to work on the stupid. Yeah. And I appreciate that. It's a very, we took the time, the mental capacity of intelligent individuals to come up with a very well-structured mm. and joked out, ridiculously stupid movie. Oh, yeah. And I think oh. that's, I love the endeavor and the the results to me, but the cans, it was, he right. hates these cans. And then he runs inside, <laughs> there's cans here. And they just play, you know. <laughs> It's not the cans, it's you. Yeah. But it takes these <laughs> right. lands by. I think the first thing he runs to is the Coke machine after the cans, the the motor oil cans. And he's like, "There's yeah. cans in there." Uh, just the yeah. brilliant. How yeah. dumb that character is. I love. I love that he's also uh, technically. I think in the Muppets, like that, basically the same character. Oh, the Muppets like, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the, okay. the um the the Muppet movie for like Steve Martin is their waiter. Um, in one scene, like basically <laughs> just his character from the jerk, but 
Yeah. That could be funny if that's uh, where he ended up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, all done. Navin Johnson. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember watching that as a young, young kid. And this is like when you reflect back on your life, you realize, oh, yeah, that's pretty sensitive kid. I had no idea what I was probably maybe eight years old, nine years old, 10 years. I don't know how old I was when I watched it. But um, that scene where he comes out after having trying to read her letter Mm -hmm. and the water and it's all that. And he comes out with the dogs covering his private parts and stuff. Like I took that as a legitimate scene and I was all emotional for him because he's playing it so sadly. And yeah. then I get older. I'm like, that's, that's a brilliantly funny scene. <laughs> oh yeah. It's on ridiculous. so many levels, you know, <laughs> I still, and I I've quoted it before, but like today, today felt like a week, but yesterday <laughs> felt like two days. But just doing that when someone makes up a ridiculous time frame for something, you're like, oh, okay, well tomorrow is going to feel like a day, but the day after, I like, yeah, it's like it's like when people say things like it doesn't really feel like a Thursday. It's like what what does that Thursday feel? Like? <laughs> what does yeah. that even mean? Yeah. Um. All right. So then, uh, my number four uh, is the uh, training montage from Rocky, the first Rocky film. Okay. Yeah. Great choice. Anybody? Nobody. No, okay. Choice, yeah. I mean, this one. I mean, for so many reasons, right? As a kid who kind of got into working out because I mean, I've spoken about it on the show and other shows many, many times when I was in my teens. This was a, a franchise I always went back to. And just that scene where he like finally gets uh, into a position in his mind where he's ready to take on Apollo at the, the training montage. And there have been many training montages throughout the series. And there are probably better ones. But there's something about this first one that still holds a special place in my heart and seeing what he does. And, you know, because he's not like a built dude like he becomes in Rocky Four. He's mm-hmm. just a, he's a ham and egger who's got a shot at the champion. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to push himself as hard. And how many of us like have our dreams in our small towns or in our lives? And we think, God, we can't possibly get there. Yeah. But the first step is like just believing that you can and starting the process of somehow finding your way to get there that's how everybody does it yeah. uh who is who comes from those kinds of situations and so that's that's so inspirational still to watch i love when he's doing the one-arm push-up because as it starts out he's really struggling a little bit blah, 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 and then he starts doing the one-arm push-ups near the end and he kind of leans back and he has that stallone smirk and the guy goes you gotta kill him you gotta kill him and he goes like that it's that mm-hmm. kind of he's growing in confidence so he's ready uh, for the mm. fight, so I love that scene uh, on so many levels. Have you seen the that scene with the the score removed? No, it's 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 I, it's, it's, it's I hilarious. love it when they do that. Yeah, I, it's I like it's just like and it's no, it's just others. Oh, yeah. I saw one the other day, Grease Lightning yeah. without the music. Oh, oh wow! There's a guy doing a bad Travolta, <laughs> but it's not so bad where he's mm. doing cartoonish. It's yeah. great. My all-time favorite is Elvis without any music, and you just oh. hear the. <laughs> The shoes screeching the around on the gets. wood as he's shimmying around. Oh, yeah, oh my God. Just, oh, it's, that's, mm. That one to me is brilliant. Yeah, I love those. <laughs> uh, but it's followed up by another great scene, which is him and Adrian having that conversation yeah. about whether he's got enough to go. He just wants to go the distance. He doesn't want to embarrass himself. He just wants to be able to hang, you know. And yeah. I don't know. I know it's stupid, but, you know, when you're playing anything, when you're competitive in anything, that's what you really want. You just want to have a shot at winning. You don't want to be embarrassed when you mm. walk out there. So uh, it's still powerful. Uh, a lot of those scenes are still powerful in the movie. So, um, All right. What's your four, Colson? Um, oh, my four is the twin son. I memorized this one. My four okay. is the, um, the twin Still a punt, son. my man. <laughs> still a punt. Okay. Uh, 
Still a punt. All right. Still a punt. All right. All right. Uh, three is three. No, is, hold on. We'll I do my three. Time. And then John does his three, and we come back to you for yours. Yeah. yeah. I've listened to you say that a million times, never actually yeah. thought about it before. All right. Keep yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my three is from uh, The Godfather 2. Oh, okay. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Anybody? I, no. I, I picked Apocalypse Now for Portico. Okay. For Coppola. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the. Godfather ending. 2, you said. Godfather yes, 2. Godfather right? 2. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't have that. Go ahead. It's the ending of the Hyman Roth. Frank uh, Pantangeli mm-hmm. and Fredo, because they all kind of three bleed together, but it's the culmination mm-hmm. of Michael really seizing control. So it's Hyman getting yeah. paraded through the airport and killed. Yes. Uh, Frank having the discussion with Duvall and eventually oh, realizing yeah. that he needs to kill himself into Fredo, because they all, it's all yeah. the storylines coming to one big crescendo where. Okay. It results in you seeing Michael sitting alone, and that is his fate. He is going to be alone, you know, as he tries to control this massive empire, and it sets up what his life, what his father didn't want for him okay. and for his life, mm-hmm. and him ultimately becoming evil incarnate fully. Yep. yep. Uh, yeah. For, to me, like, um, the stuff with Fredo is the most compelling things no, in, like, yeah. in, in the whole franchise. I mean... Um, yeah. John uh, John Gazelle is one of my uh, heroes. Uh, he, he's only um, famously only was in five movies. Um, every single one of them is a stone cold banger. Um, Pretty much, <laughs> you know, but all five of them are nominated for best picture and yep. all. And um, I mean, he was um, not married to Meryl Streep, but was like involved yeah. with Meryl Streep. Yeah, and uh, I, I think no one gives him credit for the work that he does in in this movie, or or really Dog Day Afternoon either. Wow. Okay. I, I would push back on you, Colson. There's a lot of people who give John Cazale credit for the work he's done in these. Yeah, movies. a little bit less than I think he deserves. Well, of course, than Pacino, Honestly. maybe or De Niro. That's yeah. Fair. He wasn't yeah. leading. Also, he he passed away young. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, right, yeah. it's fair. But, they did uh, a documentary. Did you see that documentary? HBO. I, I knew it was you. Yeah. yeah, it was great, great documentary. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't think like the average person like knows no. his name. He wasn't. That's fair. Like, he he was snubbed at the Oscars for all of his roles, mm-hmm. which um, I think they, they, they nominated Lee Strasberg instead, which, you know, yeah. um, for that movie. I just, uh, yeah. I, I also really like the scene where um, um, the, the, the argument that Fredo has with, um, Michael? With, with Michael and is yeah. like, he's sitting in that chair and the chair yeah. is like, like mm-hmm. it's like in the discussion for the best movie chair, because it's like giving, the the character's emotion just through like the way he's sitting like yeah it's one of those yeah. ikea chairs that like the oh yeah yeah it's one of those oh, things yeah that's early ikea <laughs> really really i, 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 I can attest there was ikeas everywhere in 74 like, oh I, fair I, I saw them with my own eyes <laughs> but just the physicality doesn't that seem too yeah. wailing of the hands that ain't what i wanted he's almost yeah. out of control with his shame and anger at the same time, they're warring within him. And Michael is just a still water, you know, and you can see behind him, you can see the water being still, a little yeah. choppy, which is of course symbolic of what's happening with their relationship. But mm-hmm. I think that scene also where Michael hugs Fredo after mo- their mom has died and he looks right up at Neri, just when you think possibly mm-hmm. there might be uh, salvation here, he looks up at Neri and you're like, it's chilling how he looks at Neri, like, you know what you need to do. And it's like, yeah. oh, my God. So, yeah, definitely. Great choices, Matt, definitely. Um, all right, Colson, what is your th- 
four? Are we up to no, four? No, we go to your three, John. Oh, my three. Are we down? Are we down there? Okay. So my because we punted from him, right? All right. So then my three mm-hmm. is uh, the opening scene of The Godfather. Um, okay. Does anyone, so no one has that The Godfather at all? No. Okay. So yeah, the opening scene because you know it's there's such a power. It's such a gutsy decision by Coppola to start this classic film. And this is seventy-two. People don't know Coppola from much. And he comes and steps up and he does this film and he opens not with Brando, not with Pacino, not with Keaton. Not with, he opens with this random Italian actor he has found to play this part. And he delivers this incredible monologue about being an immigrant in America and about what his daughter has endured at the hands of these Americans. And it's a gutsy thing to say, even in 2021, it's still a powerful thing to look at and hear where he says, you know, she kept her honor. Uh, and, uh, you know, these guys, they wanted to take advantage of her, but they beat her like a dog, like an animal. And she's in the hospital with her jaw wired shut and all this stuff. And so he has come to the guy and then you see Brando from behind and then you see this whole interaction with them. And it's just incredible introduction to, you mentioned Omar Sharif, you mentioned uh, Willy Wonka. This is also a phenomenal introduction Mm -hmm. uh, to a character because he's sitting there stroking the cat. And they pull back, and then you see Brando in all his glory as Vito Corleone. And it's so brilliant the way he fades in from black to show him doing the monologue and then pan around to uh, uh, to uh, Brando. So just an incredible scene that completely lays the groundwork for the vibe that you're going to feel throughout the whole movie. So, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I was thinking about um, the, the diner scene from uh, part one if I, um, in The Godfather. The murder scene? Yeah, the scene. Oh, where yeah, where he yeah, kills yeah. Lots um, with Pacino. Finds, yeah, where he finds the uh, the the gun in the bathroom and yeah. kills Sterling Hayden. Yeah, the, if I were to pick a scene from The Godfather, that would that would have been mine. Yeah, that's a great scene as well. Absolutely, because all this is the beginning of Michael becoming what Matt just mentioned. He becomes yeah. everything his father uh, ends up would would have ended up hating, but he's this is the first step in the path when he kills Salazzo. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, where are we going next? Uh, Colson's three. What do you got? Okay, we got. Um, so I had to have a musical in there because I'm a big musical fan. Um, sure. Uh, it's a uh, cabaret from Cabaret. The 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 musical sequence. Okay. Where sings cabaret. I love that you chose a yeah. dark musical. <laughs> I'm a fan of musicals, but I'm going to choose a dark one. Go ahead. I mean, 70s. There's not a whole lot of, uh, <laughs> of musicals in the 70s. As opposed True. to uh, if, if I may interject, his favorite scene. In the last picture show is where the hope is shown and then snuffed out. Yeah. So <laughs> that's his not, favorite yeah. scene in a Yo, depressing well, movie. That's not, 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 not going to lie. I like to be sad in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Works for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, Cabaret. Uh, yeah. But this scene in Cabaret is, is not, is not sad. Um, it's, uh, I mean, like the whole movie is like pretty, um, like uh, exhilarating to watch, but like the, the like like Nazis are kind of hanging over the whole thing, which like yeah. makes it kind of like uh, occasion more fun. Even actually, <laughs> you know, yep. a little bit like it, it's almost like um, a giant like middle finger to Hitler in like a roundabout way. <laughs> but because uh, like yeah, but like this this scene is I was watched watching it the other day to, to remind myself how much I love it. It's uh it's really kind of like a a beautiful inspirational like thing is like she's um liza minnelli is just singing about like um this this woman that she knew that everyone like that died tragically and everyone came to like to like at her funeral it sounds sad but it's not 
<laughs> Everyone mm-hmm. came to her funeral and was like snickering, basically, like, oh, that's what happens when you when you drink yourself to death and have too much fun. And uh, it's sort of like, um, and then, but the song is basically about like how she was the happiest uh, corpse she'd ever seen. And then Liza Minnelli is like just singing about um, one of my favorite characters in any movie because you know, um, but she she's singing like that was the day kind of that she that she was realized that life is short, so she's mm-hmm. just gonna be like as fun and like just take every like second like live it to the fullest, basically. Yeah, so it's just like a really like beautiful song and beautiful movie. So okay, all right, yeah. I, there's a couple of great songs. Oh well, there's a lot of great songs, obviously, in yeah. the movie. And Joel Gray, I think, won the Oscar for best supporting actor yeah. in the movie. I think it won best picture. Cabaret did or no? Best, no, best director? God, 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 he won best director. Godfather yes. won best picture. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, best director over Coppola yeah. for God's sakes. Um, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I I mean, I love Godfather and I love Cabaret. But I mean, I'm happy Cabaret got as much as it did because one of my favorites. There you go. It's a strong statement. Uh, it is. The- I love it. <laughs> they had that song maybe this time. That's a fucking great song on that. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Um, all right. Good choices. Uh, where, where, where are we going to next, Matt? That was your three. My, yeah. Yeah. Okay. My two is uh, the punt from earlier, USS Indianapolis. Okay. Cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, because that single monologue managed to take you out of the fear of just the shark in and of itself, this kind of mm. uh, looming monster that had no real mm. face or personality or anything like that, but to put a human face on the terror of what a shark could do. Mm. And, you know, we found out all these uh, afterwards that he was drunk. He had to get himself drunk to give off, to, to be able to do this scene. And I genuinely yeah. agree with him when you see it, because it seems it's one of those dark stories that you've been holding on to. Mm. You have enough whiskey and you're willing yeah. to have discussions that you repress. Yep. Uh, and the power and impact of it kind of exceeds on some level the seeing Jaws in and of itself because the terror that he can create in your mind, your imagination, trying to envision what it would have been like to be a bobbing, you know, yeah. buffet for six days, five days. Yeah. And if you don't get waterlogged and die from drowning, there's a good chance that a shark is going to pick you off in the middle of the night from underneath and in the dark and just hearing screams and just knowing it's like eight feet away and somebody just died. And you're like, dude, fuck off, man. I'd rather see, <laughs> I'd rather see this big, huge megalodon coming for me as opposed to the pitch blacky inkness. And uh, that's, that to me was worse, but it's always stuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree yeah. with you, Matt, a thousand percent. Uh, Colson, what do you think? Yeah, I mean how um uh how Robert Shaw wasn't like didn't win an Oscar for that performance or I mean is one of the most like iconic roles ever. I mean, he wasn't that well known at the time either. Yeah. Um, he was a character actor and he and he um but I mean it, yeah, it's um <laughs> I think about Wilson, uh Wilson well, stay in your own decade. He was known he was known for being taken at Pelham one, two, three. He was known for man for all seasons. He was known. Okay. He was, you know, but like okay, you're probably right. <laughs> household I name, mean, yeah. no. Yeah. Probably no, not. Not a no, household like, name, but he was known. Yeah. Vietnam did a number on my brain. I forget some of these <laughs> Don't details. Even Jesus. Um, Man, you get older by the yeah. <laughs> 
by the minute yeah. on this show. This is impressive. Like Vietnam, 70, you say? Seventy-five years uh, uh, young. Uh, no. Oh my. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it's Jaws. Oh, we also gonna say about Jaws? It's good. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the scene yeah, alone, good. like what he's talking about, right? Because it's he's finally come to the spot. And it's almost foreboding, right? It's foreshadowing what might what's going to happen to him later yeah. on. And the fact that he is willing to tell this story, which I bet he's only ever told maybe once yeah. before this yeah. moment uh, to these guys because they're exchanging you know, scars and having conversations and stories. And he feels a camaraderie. And he certainly ain't going to tell this story to the yokel who's his assistant who ain't that smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be these guys who he kind of semi-respects because Richard Dreyfus gives as good as he gets where Scheider is the chief of police there. Yeah. There's a sense of camaraderie and respect so he can surrender this story. And when he does, it's so honest and chilling and real uh, that it does affect you. And yep. the way he does, he got dollars eyes. Like the way he just kind of stresses certain beats within the monologue is powerful. And, he, and when he says like, you know, the longest was me waiting for my turn on the line, he just says really casually, I'll never wear a life jacket again. And the irony is that when he does, exactly what he was afraid would happen to him, happens to him. And you could throw that scene in too. That is yeah. a pretty incredible scene when when what happens to Quinn happens to Quinn at the end of the movie. That's a powerful scene too. Well, it's a, it's immediately before the, um like right yeah. after that scene. Right. The, yeah, the, just, the, the, just almost yeah. immediately after. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Um, all right, so where we go to now? My two? Yep. Well, so my two is the French Connection, the car chase scene in the French Connection. Um, that go whole on. sequence, it's like a seven-minute sequence, and it is Gene Hackman requisitioning a car before we'd ever seen that in movies, requisitioning a car, which we've seen imitated a million times since, and then just tearing ass under the, the, the subway system there, trying to get to a stop so that he can get this guy who's connected to, I think, is it uh, Fernando Ray, Aldo Ray, whoever the actor is that plays the villain in the movie, so we can get to this guy so we can get closer to the main, uh, to the big baddie that he wants to get to. And just the, the, the direction by William Friedkin and having this thing darting in and out the way it does, it totally feels like you're in the car, you're scared out of your mind, there's so many near misses, panning back to Hackman who's screaming and cussing and boom, and he's slamming into shit left and right, almost runs over a woman and her baby, uh, and then finally gets to where he's going and has the confrontation with the guy who has been threatening the dude driving the, the subway train. The dude has a heart attack, which sends the subway careening into another subway so he's already in a debilitated position by the time he comes close to close or toe-to-toe rather with hackman who himself has hit numerous cars and and uh and brick buildings himself and he's kind of damaged so it's such an incredible scene that motivated so many lesser uh, uh action sequences but but motivated some great action sequences uh as well uh afterwards in the decades to come so yeah. I, I think it deserves its uh its place in our top 10 yeah yeah, it gives a nice amount of realism. Yeah, more like a kinetic realism to it. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it definitely makes that movie. Like, I'll, I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah. I, I I like the French Connection, but like that 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 scene is 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 the scene in that movie yeah. that brings Absolutely. it up to the next level. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, where are we Olsen going? To? Your two. Uh, my number two is Patton. The okay. Open monologue pattern. Go for it. Nine. Uh, just yeah, uh, Ford Coppola again. He uh, he wrote the script for this movie. 
Um, just a phenomenal monologue, a perspective that you really didn't hear. Um, and you, know, you never hear that perspective anymore. I mean, it's it, it, like it really puts you in the mind of this of this person that I mean, um, has such like a like a particular way of like dealing with it. You 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 you, seem, you get the sense that he was like a, a Roman general, kind of like um, mm-hmm. out of out of like, out of time, and you know, like he he would have conquered the the world like if he was um any time but he believes he would have conquered the world he he definitely that's half the battle but yeah i mean i i just think about how um the the scenes where he's um dealing with like being a a politician or like the the idea that he if he could run for office then he you know if if he had the ability to he could be like an eisenhower Mm. but uh he just loves war you know (laughs) it's like you uh yeah, he could not, uh, never play ball, just like you said. He could never yeah. play ball, and that's his tragic downfall. And Matt's right. I think he thinks he could rule the world, yeah. but the second he got control of the entire world, he'd lose it almost immediately. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because it's a political failing to show you. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. wants to fight for it. He doesn't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, yeah. it's a rare instance where biggest warrior wins out in modern age. Right. Yeah. For sure. So you need to be a good politician on top of that. Like, you want to be more Caesar as opposed to. Genghis Khan, because mm. he had to kill millions to get to where he was. <laughs> right. um, I, I find it funny um, that it's Richard Nixon's favorite movie as well, <laughs> which like yeah. makes so much sense. Like when you when you really think about it, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a paranoid, power hungry guy as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I don't see the analogy, guys. <laughs> He's good people. I've been to his museum. It's, yeah. it's pretty sweet. Right. Right. <laughs> But also, also, it's a brilliant piece of writing. And it is something that, you know, we just did it on the Cinephiles a few months ago. We talked about how, like, Coppola, he was kicked off the film as yeah. the writer of the film because they didn't like this monologue when they first got it, I think, in the 60s, early 60s. And it wasn't until later that they revisited his uh, this monologue and revisited his script for it. And when George C. Scott came on to the project and they showed him that script. That's the one he liked, the one that Coppola yeah. wrote. So that's how that ended up there. And what actor doesn't want a monologue like that, like that. in a movie, right? Yeah. You could argue that's what really won him the best actor Oscar. Yeah, he's great throughout the movie. But that monologue and the way he's like, you know, yeah. you make yeah. the, you know the things he was saying about, you know, you put it's your hands. No, no bastard never won a war for dying yeah. for his country. You make the other poor bastard die for his country. <laughs> And he goes, some of you are scared about you don't know what you'll do. But when you stick your hand in a pile of goo that used to be your best friend, you'll know what to do. You know, And those are those things that that's a military man. But that's what's great about the movie. That sets you up to see him as a hero. But Coppola, who's brilliant about undercutting this throughout the whole movie, yeah. you know, p- puts the chinks in the armor throughout. And then at the end, it's it's uh, you realize that he is a tragic figure because he cannot get out of his own way. And he can't keep his mouth shut uh, and play ball when he needs to play ball. Um, and that's the tragedy of him. And it's brilliant. Such a brilliant beginning. And the, the whole look of the flag behind him and all yeah. of that. Yeah. You know? It's genius. Absolutely. And, and too many people like Born in the USA think it's a, a, a military inspirational film when, in fact, it's about highlighting the yeah. perils of war and the yeah. damage of war but if you've only seen the opening speech it is yeah true that's true if so. you, yeah if, if if you like there's a thing in movies where um a movie is sort of like critiquing something and then people unaware watch it and think it's like 
it's for their cause, you know? Right, right. It's like the at Lakers games at the end, they play I Love L.A. That song is destroying Los Angeles. <laughs> and at the end yeah. of every fucking yeah. W, oh, we love it. Hey, homeless guy, begging for change. Like, yeah, okay. Right. It's like uh, all the people that thought that Borat was like uh, about making fun of like a funny foreign man. It's like, what what, what movie did, were you paying attention like at all? Uh, he's also doing like, that. Sure. But, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's not, he doesn't famously does not agree with, uh, with um, those, that kind of person. Yeah, the people he's but, lampooning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, where are we off to next? So that was Colson's two. My number one mm-hmm. is I know Colson's binary sons punt. Uh, I chose the opening crawl. Oh, wow. Star Wars. Yep. Star Wars. Okay. Yep. Okay. Still puts the, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up every time you hear that horn blast and just the slow. Even now, going into episode nine, when I just assumed at this point I'm not going to more than likely enjoy this, and to those that did. I'm I'm glad you did. That's awesome. Uh, but that <laughs> yeah. horn blast still gave me hope and made me believe that I was going to be transported and enjoy the living shit out of this. And it still has that effect. Uh, I am, you know, I can put that on at any point, but it's all thanks to a new hope. Yeah. And uh, because of that, I, I don't know. You can choose any scene in there that you want. I am utterly fine with that. But mm-hmm. that one now has impact through other movies. Uh, so that's why I chose that one. So it's it's like um, accounts of like you know um, people seeing the Phantom Menace like that was like a warm blanket you know at the start yeah. of that you know um, yeah people erupt in applause every every time it doesn't matter how bad the the movie mm-hmm. is just like you yeah 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 um, totally totally I mean for me it's it's the death of Obi Wan because that's what starts everything mm-hmm. and it's I know the lightsaber fight is one of the worst fights. Overall, you're seeing an old man trying to do spin moves against Vader. Yeah. It is not great. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, no. But it's but symbolism of it because yes. he surrenders himself uh, to the death. And I remember as a kid seeing that the first time being absolutely devastated uh, and screaming when he died like Luke does. Uh, you know, And I just remember that. And that starts everything. If Ben doesn't die, Obi-Wan doesn't die in that moment, Luke doesn't become what he becomes. The rebellion doesn't become what it becomes. It's all instigated by by Ben, and of course Ben coming back and you know like talking, use the false Luke, you know all yeah. of that. It's exactly what he warned Vader. He said, "If you strike me down, I will become even more powerful uh, in death." And that's such a great moment uh, for me of sim- symbolic stuff, you know. So yeah, I'm- yeah. Um, for, I mean, like for for me, it's it's always been the the binary sunset because. Mm-hmm. Um, when you, I, I like to think of um, Star Wars as like like the the Wizard of Oz of the seventies. Mm. So to me, that that binary sunset scene is um, it's somewhere over the rainbow for a new generation. To me, okay. oh yeah, okay. Um, so it's because it's uh, you know it's uh, this character literally growing up on a farm, wanting more out of their life, and mm-hmm. staring off and into the distance. It's a rainbow. It's 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 uh, twin suns. So and it is kind of the most. It's the most famous movie of all time since Wizard of Oz. Mm. I would say it was like, yeah, know. I would say it exceeds Wizard of Oz at this point. Well, at at, at this point, it, it does, but yeah. it's like Wizard of Oz and, and Thirty Nine was like most famous American movie, and then Star Wars, you know, surpassed that. And then I, I think there's nothing there hasn't been anything since then that's quite at that level of like every single 
line and scene and moment and Pete and in that film is mm. iconic to everybody. So yeah. yeah. I mean John Williams score obviously, but yeah, yeah. And I was when you were talking about that duel, I was thinking if it was made today and then Alec Guinness has like a Liam Neeson like action movie resurgence because <laughs> he had to get good at all the spinning and just picturing Alec Guinness making taken. Uh yeah. that's where my head went. Anyway. But yeah, I you know there's it's throughout <laughs> and it's captured the imagination of countless generations and right. will for the foreseeable future. Uh mm. hopefully it does. Hopefully this lives on and they continue to turn out, you know, quality. Yeah. We'll see uh, quality hopefully. television, probably. I mean, yeah. we'll get a good movie yeah. here. So hey, look, Rogue One, John and I are fans. I, I'm, I'm, I, that's what, I disagree with you guys on a lot of things. You can Rogue. kick them off the stream. Though. Yeah, I mean, like, how can this guy yeah. not like Rogue One? I don't understand. Rogue One is not it's a 70s movie. Not my favorite. You shut your mouth. You shut <laughs> it. Zip. Okay. Zip. Uh, well, sure. some, some of the chat, Robert Carney says the trench one for me was Star Wars. Lemke That's says, good. same, yeah. Bobby. Philip, Philip Hunt says the end credits always for me. I just love the music and seeing the cast names. James says, yeah, Luke blowing up the Death Star and Han returning. And Robert Carney agreeing with us, Rogue One is one of the best Star Wars films ever made. Say, you know what? Confirmation yeah, well, hey, by some people. I have my own show. I can kick off Robert Carney and, and uh, you do that. Ahead. You do that. Knock yourself yeah, out. Sure. Yeah. If he's yeah. even going to listen to your show. All right. Where are we going? <laughs> well, he knows your opinion now about Rogue One, so he might be hesitant. Yeah. No. That that scene where the where the the the, the space samurai with the stick was walking. I was very moved. But never mind. Are you insane? That that scene makes you cry every time. Are you people talking insane? about that movie? Like the characters oh have personalities. It's very bizarre. They do. To they do. Oh my god! Like maybe what? What do you like? How do you not love this? All the hope gets destroyed in this movie, save for one piece of data. Everybody <laughs> yeah, look, dies. This seems like it should be your favorite. Cassian Andor is a shoots a guy in his opening scene, and then yeah. throughout the entire rest of the movie is not that character. Like who is? Who are any of these people? You know, because he like, can't be that character because he's because he's got a bigger responsibility. He would kill. Writing. He, yeah, he, he would. Wrote. He would have killed Urso's dad, but like she talks him out of it because she right. says he's got this thing. Yeah, and so it shows they still are people as yeah. opposed to still the Empire, which are mindless droids. I, I like I liked Alan Tudyk as the comic relief droid. K two S O. He was also yeah, as far as, as far as I go with that movie. Right. It's right. I Fair some, enough. some people agree with you. Matthew Simmons says, thank you, Colson. You tell him. Philip Hunt <laughs> says, when your mo lo- most likable character is a robot, you know your movie sucks. Rogue One is nostalgic. Yeah. But when your most likable character is a robot. So does my does. So so, so let me ask you something, Philip. So then does Blade Runner suck? Because Roy Batty is the most likable character. He is an android who is in essence a robot. Does that make Blade Runner suck? No, it's it's more like the the, Let me the, ask you a question. the character yeah, of Rogue One is the comic relief character, and you know, as opposed to like I don't know, it's co- how, yeah, like, but, how is it comic relief? He literally clotheslines Jyn Ursa. What, what are you talking about? Well, yeah, but they also drop their relief. bags when they hand in the bags, and they're yeah, like, "Hey, hold on to these jealous. jokes down." Yeah. He is jealous. I, I I thought it was perfect. It's way better than seeing Finn pop out, and he's got some weird suit on. It's some stooges <laughs> like am I supposed to be laughing right now, or your mom jokes. Oh, the mob Wasting jokes. Them. The yeah, fucking, uh, oh, it's so Jedi. ridiculous. Yeah. So ridiculous. You have Riz was... Ahmed, one of the greatest actors working today as a character that it does nothing. True, he was yeah. underutilized. Yeah, he gets his brain, like, raped Scrambled. by a squid. Like, <laughs> that's all he does in that movie. It's Star Wars. What? Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Perfectly Aguerrera does nothing in that either. Just what are you talking about? Up. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I, well, because I think they they in reshoots they yeah. cut his scenes. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it's no. a, a good movie to be had there, but it's not. Oh, man, you are, maybe that, maybe it already is there, but uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's it's sure. pretty fucking perfect. Yeah, <laughs> for a Star uh, Wars movie, it's pretty perfect. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Paul Cree says it's the best Star Wars movie ever. There you go. There okay. You go. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was, sure. I believe Paul works at the BBC, so that's journalistic integrity <laughs> oh, fair, right there. So that okay. opinion adds, carries a little more weight. <laughs> right, look, right. Philip coming back saying comparing Blade Runner Rogue One is disgusting. What is so? That's, is. I'm not comparing it. I'm saying I'm using your words in your defense, Philip, saying that if a Android is the or a robot yeah. is the best part of your movie. Your movie sucks. I'm using your words, arguing on your battlefield. Don't change battlefields. Exactly. You can't win the battle on your own battlefield. Don't, don't big us. It's more like the fact that it's a side character. Like the the robots in Blade Runner are like 95 percent of the cast of Blade Runner. You know? I'm taking what he said. I'm taking so, what he said. So yeah. I, I agree, uh, with John. You argue <laughs> the point, not what you want the point to be. Exactly. Sure. Okay. Uh, all right, let's move on to our next, and that's our number one. Yeah. That's your uh, number one. What do you got? Is it my turn? Yeah, that's right. My number one is the Apocalypse Now. So okay. that's the punt from earlier from everybody. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's that whole end sequence. As soon as yeah. he, the, you know, as soon as the music hits, when the music's over, all the or uh, yeah, whatever it's called, that there. This is the end. Sorry, the end. When he slides out of the P, uh, uh, PT boat and he says, you know, he starts talking. They were going to give you a medal for this. I'm not even their fucking army anymore. And uh, and then when he comes out of the water with that the smoke and the flash of the lightning and his face all camoed up, and then when he goes in and Brando is reading what he's reading, Colonel Kurtz is reading, and then you're seeing the that uh, bison or water buffalo getting sliced up into pieces, mm-hmm. and the way he cuts up Brando, it's just like powerful as hell. The couple that is his masterpiece. I know there are other yeah. films, Godfather Two, Godfather's certainly never going to argue that, but Apocalypse Now to me is his most fully self realized masterpiece. Agreed. This is Coppola's brain on film for two and a half, three hours. Uh, and the original cut is still the best cut. There are some yeah. added scenes that are that are good to watch in the subsequent cuts that have been released through the years. But the original cut and that ending and the Doors music is just perfect for it. So, I, um, is, 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 is it the um is it the end at the yeah, at the end? I know it starts with the end. Yeah, get right at the end. Also, end with the end. I, I actually because like um because I, I know like famously it starts yeah. with the end. Yeah. Oh no! It it, it begins and ends with the end. Yeah, the napalm right. drop at the beginning is the end. Yeah, and yeah. At the end, yes, it ends with the end as well. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I picked the the ride of the the Valkyrie sequence, mm-hmm. um, which to me is just always like um, been. It's just exhilarating to watch, like those the helicopters and the paired with the music. It's I just it gives me chills every time I I watch it. Um, mm-hmm. And like famously, Coppola had them like redo the editing of that scene a couple of times because uh like at, at a certain point when like the um, the the music hits like the water looked more blue or some shit like it was some crazy like director stuff but it, but he said like when the the helicopters come over the horizon he wanted the music to come at like just the right time yeah um yeah it's a it's a phenomenal sequence i remember when i first um watched that movie uh back in 1970 uh Nine. No, no. When I first watched that movie, um, I, I I kind of didn't understand like a lot of what was going on because 
um, you know, my, my experience of like what war was up till that point was sort of like World War II films, you know, and then Vietnam is like, I was kind of confused why people were like, why movies like Full Metal Jacket, for instance, played mm-hmm. like, you know, funny pop songs and there's people with cameras like and surfing and everywhere. And it like, it, it sort of gives a whole new like perspective to like what this war was. It like opens your mind to like, these people were just like, no one had any fucking idea what was going on. <laughs> you know, um, it's like Colonel Kurtz and, oh, well, um, Kilgore, um, yeah. his, his monologue about, I mean, well, the, the napalm part's famous, but like, yeah. to me, it's, it's more, it's more ridiculous. He's just trying to find a place to surf yeah. throughout the whole movie. It, like I find there's a whole like subplot about like trying to get his surfboard back. It's like yeah. fucking ridiculous in the middle of this like war film, but it's just pitch perfect. You know? Cause that war was madness. Yeah. Yes. It was, man. There was no clear objective. Whereas yeah. World war two, it's like kill Nazis, be good guys. Right. <laughs> Got it. It's easy. It's a, that's why it made, they made so many movies. How do you not, it's mm. simple. It, I easily identifiable villain. We're the yeah. good guys. We all agree. They're uh, some of the biggest shit bags of all time. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Whereas Vietnam is like, I don't know. It was this complex political trying to stop the cold war lied about getting into it. And now the collateral damage of the individuals, plus what it did to society thereafter. Yeah. And we have this catharsis by making Vietnam movies. Yeah. yeah there's so many good Vietnam movies. So I think out of all the wars, it's clearly like has the best. Oh yeah. Films. Well, yeah. to get into these type of depths, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, and no androids or robots in that one either. Um, nope. All right. Let's see. Who, who, so who's next? So we got Colson one and we're... All right. What's your one? Uh, my number one is uh, Network. Um, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm as mad as hell seeing from Network. Okay. You, okay. I, I yeah. Personally, I think I like the Ned Beatty capitalism speech better. Yeah. It was It was, It was. was between that, that one or... Yeah. The f- I, look, I love the mad as hell, but the Ned Beatty's mm. is real. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And it's unfortunately even just as relevant today as it was when they first did that and more yeah. so. And that's what hurts about it. Whereas the mad as hell, I think, is you could say that about any era people are getting upset with. And this is very specific to the modern age. Right. And uh, it's gross and true. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, to to me, I I picked the the mad as hell because although like I love that Ned Beatty monologue, I used to I used to like scream it at my friend, um, in the hallways when we were in high school. That's <laughs> a, a hell of a choice. Yeah, well, like we'd scream it back and forth to each other. We used to do that with um, random movie quotes and stuff. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a side note. Um, yeah, but the the I'm as mad as hell scene to me, um, I like it because it it's sort of it's kind of meaningless like it is sort of intentionally um he's he's fear-mongering but it, it sort of um it and, and the, the, that time in the it, it, it's the 70s but it's also 2020 it's it's mm-hmm. so many different mm-hmm. points in history um i think the 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 real like genius of that movie is that it's um or that scene is that it's it, people like think of it as like this explosion of of um you know um anger and it is but it's also aimless it's like he doesn't say anything yeah, it doesn't which i think honestly kind of makes it like more interesting like as a scene because it's it's he's you know he gets this entire show this like ranting about nonsense and then the mm-hmm. second he says something that actually has a has bearing on the world he gets murdered <laughs> you know it just yeah. yeah it's um 
I mean, it's it's one of my. I I struggled not putting Dog Day Afternoon on this list oh, yeah. because I was giving it one per director. Sydney Lumet is one of my all time faves, but yeah, yeah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Network, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't have a network at all, John. No, I I don't gravitate to that movie as much as everybody else does. Uh, okay. It's it took Steve a long time to convince me to watch it so we could do it for cinephiles because uh, there are films that you've moved past, like everything they oh. present in oh. network. Yeah, by the oh, time yeah. by the time I decided to you know turn around and go back to it, I've moved past the concepts because I've already accepted and know the concepts. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, so you so exist go, on a higher plane than the rest <laughs> of the <laughs> No, world. I'm not saying that. I'm it's, not fine. Saying that. it's fine. It's fine. I'm, you know what? I'm not uh, saying that. I'm just I, saying I don't like, mind if a robot or android is a side character, but when it's a primary, <laughs> that really bothers me. And I think it leads <laughs> to subpar movies. You got you got to understand where we've been to know where we're going, man. Well, it's like watching Dogma. Dogma that how is that? You cannot do that. It's a treatise on religion, and it's the biggest duh I've ever watched in my life. Watching that movie is duh. Yeah, but I think the Ned Beatty is. Yeah, but what if you already knew those concepts before you watched the movie, or understood those concepts before you watched the movie? Then you're just like, you could say that about every movie. You understand every concept. Well, not no, because it all depends on when you're watching the movie. movie. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to denigrate the film. I'm saying. I had moved past the concepts that they presented in the film and already accepted them as truth in my life. I don't know. When man. I watched the movie, it didn't have the same effect on me as it has. It's like on other we, people. All, we all we all know like World War Two was bad. Like, is, am I not going to watch Private Ryan because like I know what ha- you know? Don't it's, bring like, up Private Ryan. That's, you're not going to win me on yeah, that. Yeah, you're not going to win with him on. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like knowing what the like things about what a movie's about doesn't make it any less powerful. You know, it's it's saying things that are still yeah. true today. Is well, I also movies are subjective. Am I not right on that? So, like, whatever's powerful to you may not be powerful to fucking me. I, I just think, like, calling network, like, not, like, no longer uh, relevant. Yeah, no, I never said that. that. Never fucking you said just, that. You're just saying it's kind of like we know. He's saying no, it doesn't resonate with him I like it does. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, That's all I said. said. I'm talking about me, right. not about yeah. the culture, not about its place in the culture or its place in society. Right. I said, by the time I watched it, I already accepted all the concepts or knew yeah. the concepts they presented. Totally. That being said, it yeah. is how a- I. If you're watching it as a young person, it is it it is a um, prescient film sure. for and still uh, resonates today. Faye Dunaway's character, this idea, like that's essentially a producer mm. at a news network. Uh, no mm. matter what side of the fence you're on, pushing the if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah, that's thing. Exactly, exactly. And quite a few people understand how to work the PR system for ratings for themselves, for their brands and what have you still happening today. You see it all the time. That scene where she's don't fuck with my distribution. That's the whole idea of the idea of these supposedly um, noble causes or people behind these noble causes. Mm. In fact, it's about them and how much money they can make and how much popularity and fame Mm -hmm. they can get from it. Never ever stop questioning that bullshit. So anyway, I had just already accepted it by the time I watched in my thirties uh network so that's all i'm not that's great fashion the yeah, film sure. yeah uh, you, you know everything about about the news and, and it's it's all it's, yeah <laughs> yeah you'll get there someday <laughs> sure. you're still in uh, school kid give me a break yeah sure anyway i mean if you ever like turn on like the news though like clearly more people need to watch network that's all i'm saying i yeah. don't think people care anymore which is what the no film no yeah nobody yeah, was, saying, was saying so yeah 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 i i watched uh, the, uh good night and good luck uh um oh yeah 
I, I, I rewatched it a couple nights ago, and it, 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 I really think that's uh, would be a great double feature with Network because hmm. it's um certainly it's sort of like the the movie begins and ends with Edward R. Murrow basically saying if we're not careful and we don't educate people with with television and with news, like shit's gonna get bad. Yeah, and but but people. Uh, people want to be people got to want yeah. to be educated that's the problem a people don't want to be yeah, educated, want to yeah. be most yeah. of television yeah. isn't in that business yeah no it um isn't. all right well we're ready to settle this bad boy <laughs> yeah, let's do it let's okay. uh combine these things i've got uh, I've so got i'm just gonna list right by here. since we have so much overlap yeah mm. well i'll start with if, so i think star wars is number one because we all three have it i have it at one okay but do we do we pick the scene or just the movie? I, I'm the gonna, movie. Yeah, I'm going to pick the movie on this. Okay. Yeah. A bunch of these, we have more than one scene. Yeah, we're not going to break it down by scenes. All right. So do all three of us have the Indianapolis for Jaws? I do. I do, I do have. Yeah. Okay. Because I think that's the only other three, isn't it? Yeah, what about Apocalypse? No, no, you don't have Apocalypse? Wow. You don't Neither, have of us have it. Neither of you have Apocalypse? I have Apocalypse now. Oh, do okay. you? I'm sorry. What number I, I, do you have I, I, now? Apocalypse Now, I do have Apocalypse Now. Okay. Yeah. So let, let's focus on the threes, as Matt said. So Star Wars, I have Gosh. it at, uh, where is it? A do seven. We all, have, we all have Patton or just? Um, Hold on, let's just, focus on Star Wars. Yes. Where okay. do you have, what number do you have Star Wars at, Colson? Uh, four. And you have right. where, Matt? So one, four, seven beats Jaws, because I think I have the highest at two. Okay. Okay. So Star Wars, then Jaws, and then it's probably going to be what, all doubles from here. Correct. Yeah, all doubles. Yeah. So. Uh, aliens? No. Do we all have aliens or no? No, you and I have alien. Okay. I think okay. alien. Sorry. I, alien. I I almost had alien, but it didn't. I didn't okay. have it. Where do you guys have apocalypse now? One. I have. What? I have it one. Yeah. I have it at seven. I think that beats any other duo. Okay. Yeah, I'll put apocalypse at three. Um. Listen to this kid. He's like, yeah, put it at three. Right. Well, no, it's just, <laughs> it's then, I guess network is one five. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. Apocalypse now was one seven. So the network would make three. Oh, that's a fucking shame. Wow. All right. Apocalypse now. So I have network at one. Yeah. 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 Alien. I've got it at six. I've got it at eight. What about, what about um Patton? Do we both do? Who I have Patton got? at nine. Okay, I have it at two. All right, Patton wins that. Okay. Alien. And I don't have any more commonality with any of you. Do you, either the two of you have anything in common? Uh, Deer Hunter, right? Right. Deer Hunter, I have it at 10. I have it at 6. But Matt and I have Holy Grail. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. I got that at 7. Okay. I have it at 6. All right, so. Holy Grail. Python, Deer Hunter... Okay, who's got the highest left? Um, my three. Wait, don't do we? Do we have Alien? Do, do you have? Right, a, it's already on the list. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, then the next one I have is the my number two, which is the chase scene in the French Connection. Okay, Colson, what do you got? I have a th- I have my three left. All right, the French Connection makes it. I have my three. You have your three. John, oh. do you have a three? Uh, opening scene of The Godfather. Yes, that's my three. All right, so it is a three-parter. Wow. What, what what number is this for 10? For 10. Right, so what, it's what, what, what Godfather it? 2 for me. Ooh, I'm going to concede to the Godfather because you both have one of the Godfather movies, although they're different. All right. 
Colson pull out a coin that I think Colson flips between the two of us, Matt. What do well, you I think oh, he's okay. voting for my choice, is what he's saying. Um, well, he's saying Godfathers, I think. Oh, that's saying. true. Yeah, as opposed to which scene, I, I, there's probably be a coin that they're both pretty great. Do you got a coin there? Um, I can, yeah, I can get one. Or you can open up Google and just type in coin flip and it brings up. Oh, a Does it do that? Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. You just click a button and it only took us four years to figure that out. Oh no, it's always been there, but I think what? the physical is more fun. Oh, okay, fair. Because uh, then there's a drama of whether or not it's a good flip, and then if it rolls across the room, and uh, that's true, it's a good point. Um, <laughs> the drama, the drama. All right, who's got you gonna call in the air? Uh, go I'll ahead, Matt. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Matt. With heads and tails. I mean, just flip it. Once you flip it, I'll see that it's going right. up, and I'll call it tails. Add some um, tails. No, hey, <laughs> a little bit of hesitation from Colson. Hmm. Well, it was the seventy-five. His eyes are failing him. <laughs> yeah, are right, we right. ready? Yes, Matthew Simmons. No love for Clockwork Orange. No, no love for a rape scene from the Clockwork Orange. Sorry I thought about happened. it. I did think. No, no. I love I love Kubrick though, but I I, I couldn't <laughs> uh, think of a scene that I would feel comfortable talking about <laughs> yeah agreed all right you ready all right let's do it all right let's see the top 10 scenes from films in the 1970s yeah at number 10 the godfather 2 at number nine the french connection at number eight the deer hunter at number seven monty python and the holy grail at number six alien at number five Patton. At number four, Apocalypse Now. At number three, Network. At number two, Jaws. And our number one scene from films of the 1970s is? Is Star Wars. Star Wars. Boom. That was a fun show. Thank you, Colson, yeah. for the excellent topic. We thoroughly Thank appreciate you. it. Yeah. Have a discussion. Thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, uh, and, uh, we appreciate you, you know crushing the it, it and the golden ticket. You were awesome yeah. in the tournament, and uh, for being a patron. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, it was all worth it, and you enjoyed yourself on today's show. Yeah, I, I definitely did. Am I eligible for golden ticket too, or am I disqualified? Mm, I feel I'm like disqualified. You got the show. I feel like you got the show, Coles. I feel okay. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll create a tournament of champions. Yeah, champions. Tournament champions. I'll be the James Holzhauer, the Ken Jennings. I guess. Oh, uh, that sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah. We can and, then, and then I'll come back and host the show once you die and do a terrible job. <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Wow, man, I got cancer. I got cancer. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, at least I know now. So oh, that's good. That's hilarious. Uh, all right. Well, there we go. Well, thanks to everybody who joined us live here. All the patrons. Uh, it's been a, a lively chat for sure. I really appreciate all of you all uh, joining us. If you're a patron uh, of the top 10, you're at the $10 and above level. This is a perk that you get. You get to watch, I think, two shows a month. We do them live, record them live. You get to uh, you get to get your comments read uh, uh, and possibly even come in live to have your thoughts and opinions uh, discussed on a show. Uh, and uh, and then we drop this episode uh, normally on Tuesday night for everybody or Monday at midnight for everybody else. Mm-hmm. So 
That's the way we're doing things now. So if you'd like to jump up, if you're watching this after we've dropped it for everybody else and you'd like to jump up to the $10 level, be a part of our rowdy group that's here having fun discussions about movies every two weeks live on the Top 10 Show and on the channel, on the YouTube channel, uh, please feel free to do that at patreon.com slash the top 10, number 10 there. Uh, what do we say, man? Uh, yeah, I thoroughly appreciate when people disagree with us in that chat. Yeah. It's kinda- it's kind of fun to find Love out it. when people are wrong about Rogue One, like our guest, you know? <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Uh, but yeah, thanks to everybody that joined us today and to Colson uh, for yeah. joining uh, joining us on the show itself. Is there anything you want to say or plug or, or promote before we get out of here? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm finishing my semester at college. I don't have anything to plug right now. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. good luck with the, the rest of your study, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, Bye. All right, Matt. That was a great, uh, great time with Colson, who was the first inaugural winner of the Golden Ticket uh, tournament there. And that'll be coming up around the corner in a few months as well. Uh, we'll be ramping up for that again, get going. So that's going to be a blast. And those are the perks. If you're watching us now and you haven't, uh, you didn't participate in the Golden Ticket last year or the last season, rather. Uh, get ready to participate this time around. We'll, I'm sure we'll have announcements coming up very, very soon. Darn tootin'. I think that's uh, it for today's show. Yep. Um, if you want, you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Uh, check out the store's either YouTube page or the Instagram uh, account. They both had the same uh, suffix at the end, which is uh, forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10. So Instagram.com and YouTube.com and the same suffix for uh, the top 10 podcast with the number 10 and uh, check out settle the score or dropping dimes and that is it for me this week there you go and you can follow me at the roca says on twitter and on instagram and uh like i said we've got the youtube channel if you're not watching us on the youtube channel you're listening to us you can come over to the youtube channel as well uh and if you want to come over to my youtube channel you can do that it's uh, uh youtube.com slash john roca says all the great stuff i got going on there we just finished all the wandavision spoiler reviews for the geek buddies go and watch all those and of course uh the uh the cinephiles uh there as well uh, all right that's it we're out of here much love to you guys take care of yourselves and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the top 10 show be well mm-hmm.